You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Gassaway. What's the scariest story you have? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking that question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back. No, what's up, guys? What up? Just another week in Spooktober. Ooh. Wow, we're almost done. It's crazy. We got like one more week of October left. Has everybody been spooked at least once? Hopefully. If Me? not, by the end of the month, going to be... With all these scary movies we're watching, hell yeah, <laughs> it's been hard to sleep. But honestly, October is like my f- favorite season. Halloween, I think, is my favorite holiday for sure. I just like a designated time where it's like time to get scared. And everyone's kind of down or understands that. Yeah, if only it was scary. Outside of the scary, I think October might be my favorite month in Utah. Oh, I think sure. the weather is perfect. I like it cooler. Yeah, warmer. the leaves are all changing. Dude, hoodie season? It, yeah, dude. Hey, yeah. Like my attire, <laughs> my stees exist in the colder months. Oh, for sure. I destroy the layer <laughs> game, bro. I was about to say, my sexiness goes up with layers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the more I hide my actual self, <laughs> the sexier I become. Oh. Um, yeah, but we're here for another episode. And if you listen to the last one, or even just read the title, <laughs> you'll realize it said Utah part un. And this one is Utah El part numero dos. Dois. <laughs> dois. <laughs> so, so we're coming back to you with some more stories of where we live and a lot of our listeners, Utah. A DJ? What? Sing? What? Sing? Sing? U- Utah? <laughs> no. <laughs> you got that last week. You're not getting Utah. it again. oh that song that song that should be our theme song um yeah should we just get into it f the question let's do this live f the question let's roll (laughs) this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors big and small when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions, 
if that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're trying to see who goes first in telling these stories. So we're going to roll our dice. DJ went and he got a five. Charlie's going and he gets a five. Sean's going. Five team. Five team. So you and I got to roll again, Charles. 20. I got a crit. Hey. I got an eight. So it's going to be Sean, me, then Charles today. Cool. All right. So I actually wanted to talk today about some of Utah's haunted locations or stuff where, or places where the supernatural events have occurred, okay. namely Skinwalker Ranch. Mm. We go in there. Bro. Actually, so I have a bunch of friends from work who are from Vernal, Utah. Vernal is real close to Skinwalker Ranch. And they all grew up together and went to high school together. So they're like, yeah, we totally tried to go out there. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, honestly, you should go and check out, if you're interested, the uh, or search for the Skinwalker on Netflix. Is that what it's called? Maybe. Just type in Skinwalker. You'll find it. Yeah. Um, but Skinwalker Ranch is famous for UFO sightings and obviously get its, it gets its name Skinwalker Ranch from the uh, alleged existence of skinwalkers in the area. Le- Dude, Skinwalker Ranch has everything. Yeah. Everything is going on at yeah. this place. <laughs> like people are trying to storm Area 51. It's like... You need to avert your eyes over to Area Fifty One is the little brother of Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. yeah, it's popping off. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Actually, in one of my favorite podcasts that I've listened to, uh, Mysterious Universe, they talk a lot about Skinwalker Ranch, and I think they interview the guy who uh, does that documentary documentary about Skinwalker Ranch. Honestly, one of the craziest concepts that they talk about for Skinwalker Ranch, though, is the fact that it could be like a portal to other supernatural realms or planes mm-hmm. because there's so much stuff that goes on there that's not necessarily related to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like skinwalkers, uh, UFOs, um, Bigfoot. Dude. Cattle mutilation. Cattle mutilation. I think the biggest one was bulletproof teleporting giant wolves. That's true too. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's so nuts out there. I've heard that too with it being a portal. Yeah, what just because the activity—the activity is so high. I don't know, man. Uh, having heard all of the experiences coming out of Skinwalker Ranch, it's like there has to be something going on there. 
And I am open to the idea that locations have like extra energy or attract things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, I don't know, it's hard to believe until you see it with your own eyes. I don't know if I believe in everything that's going on, but like you said, there's so much going on. There has to be some truth coming out of there. I don't know what of all that is true from the bulletproof wolves to the UFOs. (laughs) But in an infinite universe, so cliche to say, but like, honestly, it can't be more true as like anything is possible. Like there are black holes there. I, I wouldn't doubt there's like a mini version of that that presents itself as what we call portals or wormholes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. Spaces and slip time. Yeah. Slips in space time. <laughs> oh. That we've <laughs> um <laughs> that that we've talked about. Yeah, before, that's crazy. But would you ever go out there? I would. I would definitely drive by, but I it I feel like you're not allowed on the property. It is private property, and I think it's pretty. Uh, and I apologize. Are you getting to this? No, go for it. Go for it. Oh no! It's, I just know that it's like private property, and not that it's guarded, but the people who own the property are pretty on top of like the security there. Mm, yeah. Um, I think especially they know because you're of coming from a while away. Mm-hmm. And they definitely let authorities or. <laughs> The right people know so that you don't yeah. trespass. So, yeah, I was just gonna quote a uh, good friend of ours if there's some place you're not supposed to be, there's always a way in. <laughs> I ain't trying to risk my life though, bro. <laughs> but if, if you were asking, like, if it's possible to go yeah. on there, like, if we were given the like, opportunity, if the owner came to us and we're like, you guys can spend the night on the property, oh, oh yeah, definitely, for, I'd for sure go. I yeah. think I would have to. Oh, yeah, there's no no, we have to do that. Oh, yeah. We're 3 a.m. Yeah. Exploration of the paranormal. Investigation. We wouldn't even make the, clickbait out of that video. Yeah. <laughs> that thumbnail is going to be out of this world, bro. It's going to be a UFO with a red circle around it. It's going to be a Jackson Pollock of just <laughs> red. red circles and arrows, and it's not going to make any sense. Oh, gosh. Did you have any more on Skinwalker Ranch? No, I just wanted to kind of bring that out to the light. Honestly, it's one of the most mysterious places mm-hmm. here in Utah and allegedly one of the most haunted or supernaturally vivid places mm-hmm. in the state. Mm-hmm. So my grandparents, they're from Utah, mm-hmm. and they grew up in Vernal, Utah. Oh, um, small town, tiny town, especially when they were growing up. Yeah. Um, it was a small, super small community. Um, I think there's like a hatch bakery, which is like my last name up there or no, no, it's a hatch like store. They had a store general supply, general supply. Yep. Nice. And, um, my grandma, she heard cattle herded cattle. Mm -hmm. She herded all the cattle cattle farmer. So she would go with her father and and brothers, I believe, and take the cows to different pastures for different seasons and things like that. So, dude, I'm going to ask them because they might have experiences. They they might. I'm going to sure. follow up with my coworkers as well and see if they had experiences. I remember one he told me, but it was like some random like 
ball rolling down the hill without someone touching it. I'm like, but it's rolling down a hill. So it's like, <laughs> You're all, that's, that's called gravity. gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Starring something, Sandra it was something like that. And I just remember being like, mm. he's like, bro, every, it every was, night it gets dark there. <laughs> the, the, f- Ball of fire goes away, <laughs> disappears. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I'll follow up and see if there's any other stories there. But additionally, there is another famous cryptid that is um, from Utah. Hmm. Talk. The Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> or you had the wrong answer. It was the polyglots. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it was or is the. Bear Lake Monster. Have you heard of the Bear Lake Monster? I yes. Have. I have not, but I've heard it. I've been, I've heard of Bear Lake. I've been to Bear Lake a few times to go. Yeah. Stay in cabins and boating and it's a beautiful place. Yeah. No, I've heard there's great hiking and stuff to do up there. Famous like, for their, uh, is it their Raspberry Days Festival. <laughs> hey, sure. Joe, I'm about them raspberries. Have their raspberry shakes and mm. smoothies and. Dude, I'm legit hungry right It's a cool now. place. A lot of cabins. People go boating there. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago for my birthday, one of my good friends, Ashley, bought me a book, and it was like Hauntings of Utah. And there was a section in there about the beast of Bear Lake. Yeah. But I lost the book, so. Damn it. <laughs> there was like a hundred <laughs> stories of Utah in that book. <laughs> we need to find that effing book. I know. Um, so I did a little bit of research on it, and apparently it is supposedly a an 18 to 20 foot long serpent-like creature with legs on it as well, like 18 inch legs. Ew. 18 inch legs? <laughs> yes, like these little... Ew. Yeah, first, first of all, uh, that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I mean, but, that's essentially a, an alligator, right? That's kind of what it seems like, yeah. How, how many legs, though? It's like... Oh, I, four I legs. Of, oh, I thought of like a centipede kind of thing. Ooh. Oh, Like what? a bunch of... <laughs> that's also a big no for me, dog. Um, I can handle four legs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we good with the four. But centa legs, no yeah. thank you. Yeah. So this legend goes all the way back to the Indian tribes that lived around Bear Lake at the time. And it said that these, the Indian tribe would actually not go near the lake because of the Bear Lake monster. Hmm. Now, at the time of colonization here in Utah by uh, um, all the pioneers crossing the plains, they obviously went to check out all the places that were habitable here in Utah, and Bear Lake was on that list. So they go up and they hear this legend of the Bear Lake monster. And once it gets out that there is this Bear Lake monster, there are additional sighting, alleged sightings that occurred in lakes all over northern Utah. Now, it's hypothesized that there's actually underground tunnels that will connect these lakes from Bear Lake to the yes. Great Salt Lake to yes. other lakes in the area. Yes! <laughs> Dude, this is what I'm talking about. I love stuff like that. Dude, I'm trying to find that freaking tunnels so we all go get explore. scuba certified. Hey. And go find these tunnels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So <laughs> now at the time though, and they're trying to like, you know, build up this community here in Utah and their leader, Brigham Young at the time, hears about this legend and sends people up to Bear Lake to capture this Bear Lake monster. And they can, the plan was to treat it as some sort of like attraction. And the hope was to kind of be in competition with at the time, like the greatest showman, like P.T. Barnum. What? That was the plan. It would have been a Mormon circus out here with the beast of Bear Lake. Dude. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that was the plan. Cause they're trying to like, you know, make this a place now to come. Right. So that ultimately never came to fruition. <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> I wonder why <laughs> he escaped in one of them tunnels though. Oh. <laughs> um, but I think the the crazy thing to me though is how it goes back to even the Indian tribes like legends where they wouldn't go near this lake because of this beast. There's always a bigger fish. There's always <laughs> Dude, that's weird. Sorry if you if I'm cutting you no, off. Go but for it. We we bring this podcast up a lot. It's obviously a huge inspiration to us, but MU Mysterious Universe, they just recently came out with an episode about dinosaurs and cowboys. What? Because there is an insane amount of journal entries and documentation about all of these settlers and pioneers who came out and settled the West and their experiences with dinosaurs or huge reptilian creatures. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is exactly like that, like one of those sightings. Um, and there's so many legends around the area and in time to speak talking about either huge flying pterodactyls and there's actually a photo of these really old, look timey looking dudes standing like six side by side, and they're holding up a pterodactyl. But the real photo, once it was shown, it like disappeared. So everything online is just like a what remake. The? Yeah. But anyway, there's just a ton of of stories about the settlers or pioneers dealing with dinosaurs. What do you think it really was, dude? Who knows? There are species of uh, uh that were thought to have it gone extinct millions of years ago that they found. Like yeah. there's this one fish that was supposed to go, have gone extinct two million years ago and uh, like a hundred years ago they just found it off the coast of Africa and this tribe had been eating it for their whole life and they're like, oh, that? Yeah, that's like, oh, yeah, that's dinner. That's normal. <laughs> that's a <laughs> staple. And the scientists are like, tripping. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely trippy though. Like with so many accounts of, you know, cryptids if you will or reptiles and dinosaurs and stuff like that and makes you wonder if like stuff like that is still happening and if we call those people crazy when they come out about it i hate it because so much of this just lives in obscurity Mm -hmm. there's never like a clear answer that's like the common denominator of every single one of our stories that we share on this podcast who knows (laughs) (laughs) if you came for answers you ain't getting none (laughs) <laughs> check out bear lake and Dip if you see in. that bear lake monster hit us up let us know if you see any secret tunnels oh yeah we trying to find that too secret tunnels <laughs> secret <laughs> tunnels <laughs> dang dude that's that's all i got for today though big like, dang some i'm glad you shared that. stuff um i'm next is that right you are next that crit okay. <laughs> this story happened pretty recently within the past year or two and 
the person who shared this chose to remain unnamed. Oh. But we're going to give her a name. What's it going to be, boys? Um, let's go with... Kadasha. Melissa. Kadasha. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go with Melissa. So, um, Melissa, avid hiker, has been around Utah long enough to hike its many trails. And she uses the same app that we use, one of our favorites. Grinder? Yes. <laughs> through and through. Uh, all trails. Tight, tight. What is all trails? It's an app that will show you all the trails in whatever place you're looking for. It'll show you the routes. It'll show you the elevation gain and loss. And it'll rate those trails easy, moderate, hard. So you just, you know what you're doing when you're getting out in the wild trying to go hiking. It's essentially Yelp for outdoor stuff. Yeah, you can rate them and post pictures on those too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gives you directions just so you know what you're getting into Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. you go. Awesome app. Yeah. Sponsor us. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she uses all trails to find all the trails, all Tight. of all of her hikes, and uh, she she loves it. She's done it for years, and she loves doing it with her at the time three year old dog, which is a I believe a German Shepherd, pretty big dog, mm-hmm. and uh, she wants to find someplace new that she's never done before. Mm-hmm. So she's searching through all trails. And she finds one that just popped up, like a new hike that she's never oh, seen that's before. Cool. Yeah. So she's really interested. She opens it up. There's only directions to the place and one review. And all the review says is good. <laughs> Gotta try that. Yeah. So her, her, uh, so Sean left a review. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been good exclamation point oh, at yeah, the very right. least. <laughs> Was good. Was good. Yeah, Thank yeah, you for your words. service, Sean. <laughs> um, but that piques her interest. She decides to go. And she goes early morning um, while it's still cool. Mm-hmm. And it's her and her dog. And she's driving up there, and she's been up this part of the canyon before. And she's passing a bunch of places that she spent time around. Um, she's passing trails that she's hiked before. Mm-hmm. And all the places that she's been, she's, she passes all of that. Dang. Do Wait, you know what this canyon? Is? Yeah, what yeah. canyon? She doesn't say. Oh. <sighs> up and down Utah Valley, there's probably like... Seven really notable canyons that like everyone knows of. Yeah. So there's like Hobble Creek, Tarrac Canyon, Provo Canyon, American Little Fork, Co- American Fork, Little Cottonwood, Big, Big Cottonwood, Cottonwood. Yeah. And so on. And so it's like Sean, Sean and I have climbed a lot of these. DJ, Sean and I have all explored all these. So it's like we're okay. So she's hiking up a canyon. Every notable trail she passes every every place that she's been to in this canyon she passes all of that and goes further than Mm -hmm. she's ever been before so she's really excited the whole time up there her dog is like whimpering because he loves being outdoors so it's like not like the dog excitement yeah the dog can't wait to be there as well let's go so she's following the directions and 
it brings her to this tiny road that can only fit one car. Mm-hmm. Dirt path. She's taken it. She's a little nervous because she's worried somebody's going to come the opposite direction. She's not going to know oh, how to yeah. navigate. Luckily, nobody does. After some time, she reaches the end, and it's essentially a parking lot, if even. It can fit maybe three cars and then a small space to turn around. Oh, dang. No other cars are there. Great. She parks. She has her dog. The dog's name is Carrie. It's spelled K-A-I-R-I. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I think I might know who that is. <laughs> but continue. How would you pronounce that name is what I'm getting to. Carrie? Yeah. Carrie? K-A-I-R-I? K-A-I-R-I. Oh, gosh. Kyrie? Irving? Irving? <laughs> Kyrie. Kairi? Yeah, it's probably Kairi, actually. <laughs> you talk it's wild with their names. McCurry. We're going to call the dog Carrie. Yep. Okay. okay, so Melissa and Carrie, they start this hike. At first, she has Carrie on a leash. She doesn't know if there's going to be any bikers or trail runners. Um, after 30 minutes, she doesn't see anybody. So she lets her loose, and Carrie's just trailing in front of her like she always does. Mm-hmm. And she says the first half of this hike is really steep. So they're just trying to truck it up to the top. So then moving forward, it's still early morning, barely light, um, nice and cool. She has a light jacket on. Finally, they get to the top, and mm-hmm. the top is about the halfway point. When they get to the top, the sun is just barely peeking over the hills, and it's the most picturesque place That's ever. That's dope. She's so stoked because it's new. Not a lot of people have been here, and... Um, she can hear a river and a waterfall and can kind of see it on the other side of this meadow. Oh, my God. Oh, sick. And in the meadow is like a deer. Oh. It's so beautiful. I need to know where this is. And she's so stoked. Golden beams of sunlight glisten <laughs> on the meadow. It's Yeah, she's super stoked. Um, she It starts to get a little bit warmer because the sun's coming up, so she takes off her jacket. Carrie is just running around. The trail goes around the meadow towards what she can see is the river mm-hmm. and uh, and the waterfall. And it's at this point she decides to feed Carrie. Um, she figures the last, uh, she sees, or she, she figures the last half of this hike is pretty easy mm-hmm. and that they've gone through the hard part hiking up the steep hill to get to that meadow. Right. So Carrie has like one of those dog backpack vests carrying some of her own stuff. This dog is staying strapped. (laughs) Carrie has her food in there. Mm -hmm. But the bad thing is, and she says she shouldn't have done this. She was overconfident. She's never run into any type of apex predatorial animal before in her outdoor adventures. So she felt comfortable with doing this. But Carrie is on a raw food diet. So she unzips Carrie's vest or backpack and takes out this raw meat. And as she does that, this terrible stench fills the air. It's so bad. 
she starts feeling nauseous. Yikes. She just says, I, I can't explain how bad this smelled. Uh, it, it just made me sick. And I was looking around and it kind of came out of nowhere. And she puts the meat up to her nose. It just smells like regular raw meat. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's not that. And it's at that point, Carrie kind of goes behind her and tucks and starts whimpering. Oh, no. And oh, that's supposed to be your protector. Exactly. And like I said, Carrie always trails in front of her. She mm-hmm. loves being outdoors and leading the way. And Melissa said she trusts Carrie's instincts. Anytime she stops, Melissa stops. Mm-hmm. No. So she feels something is wrong. And this, this stink is so, so bad. She doesn't know what direction it's coming from. It's just she's enveloped in it. She looks up, and the deer that was in the meadow, when they got there, was facing away from them. Like looking at something? Yeah. I think lo- like just facing towards the waterfall or something. But when she's looking up at it again, it's staring at them. And she stands up, and as she stands up, the deer stands up with her. No, get out. And is standing on two legs. She describes this deer as huge. She's only seen doe previous to this. Mm-hmm. And this one had huge antlers. She, she compared it to Princess Mononoke. If you've seen like a giant elk. Almost, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Fuck. But it's standing on two legs. No. And immediately she backs up and realizes that that's where the smell is coming from. And while standing in the air, it's looking at her laser like focus. And she hears the words I am the one of this land. And after that said, immediately start sprinting towards her. Nope. Fuck that. So Melissa and Carrie, they don't even pick up anything they had. She leaves her bag. Yeah. They start sprinting. She doesn't look back. Carrie's running alongside her. She doesn't look back, but she can hear it gaining. Mm. And she can tell that Can she hear it on four legs or two? Two. Fuck. And she can tell that not only is it gaining, but it's destroying things in its path. Trees, bushes. She hears just branches and trees being like almost like obliterated, it sounds like. She gets to a point. She's trying to run towards the waterfall. For some reason, she thinks it's safe there to be close to the water. So she's following the trail, running, running, running. And then there's this one point where there's a small ledge that goes down a couple feet. Mm-hmm. And she jumps off. In the process, the floor of where she jumps to is like a rock bed. Mm-hmm. So it's not super stable for her to jump onto. Mm-hmm. So she pulls the DJ. She doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> Break her ankle like I would have. (laughs) 
but probably something even maybe worse. She hits her head on the ground. Oh, no. And she can tell she's like starting to bleed from her head. But the adrenaline's so high, she doesn't really care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like her main priority is to make sure her and Carrie are safe. It's when she starts bleeding, she looks and Carrie's gone. And this thing that's chasing her has gone some other direction. And she starts to freak out because she doesn't know where Carrie is. She hears a bark and she looks down the rock path and Carrie is way down there. And she runs to Carrie as fast as she can. Mm -hmm. And they start running towards the river and the waterfall. Mm -hmm. They get there and they can see this deer jump onto the exact same spot where she hit her head on the rock bed. And the deer turns while still standing on his two legs and sees her and Carrie up against pretty much like the mountainside next to the waterfall. Carrie is still wearing her vest backpack thing and she wants to grab the raw meat to throw it at (laughs) this deer. And as she does so, she notices that Carrie was injured. Somehow, she doesn't know how, but Carrie's bleeding. And she has pictures of the scars from when this happened. What? But she grabs a meat and the deer is coming at them. She throws it and the deer stops, picks it up, eats it, and continues walking towards them. What did you do while you're watching it eat it? Just, Just... They're up to against the wall. Running. It sounded like they were almost Jump like cornered. The waterfall. No. Sounds <laughs> like scale that cliff. No, here's the thing. They're at like the bottom of the waterfall. The and bottom like, of the waterfall. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, not, not the, at the top. Not at the top. Yeah. Yeah, they're running into the mountain with the waterfall. Okay, okay. And yeah, they're basically cornered. And this thing is getting closer to them and reaches its arm out to her. And as it gets closer, she screams. And when she finishes screaming, she hears another scream from the direction where they came running from. What? And this scream sounded exactly like her scream. What? When that happens, the deer jerks its head really quickly towards that direction where that second scream came from. Looks back at her, looks back at that direction where the scream came from. One more time, looks at her, and she hears the same words again. I am the one of this land. And it takes off towards where that second scream came from and vanishes into the woods. Carrie is scared, and somehow she still has all this adrenaline to pick up her German Shepherd, damn, and run down the hill back to where their car was, and they left. She got an emergency vet to take care of Carrie. All of this was just so blurry to her, and I bet hard to comprehend. Mm-hmm. I bet you're sitting there a lot, mm-hmm. being like, "What the hell did I just see?" Mm-hmm. She's just trying to make sense of everything, mm-hmm. you know, and. Can't really, you know, what are you going to compare this to? 
like what other experience there really isn't any yeah but uh yeah after they recover after this whole thing she goes back on all trails to look for this hike again and this hike is gone what it's removed it's not on the app anymore that's weird mm-hmm. so it's just gone it's gone so like I was going to say, she should put a review, not good. (laughs) And basically, she writes at the very end saying, please, please, please prepare yourself when you're going out to nature. Uh, Besides things that are unpredictable, there are things in Mother Nature that just don't make sense. Just please be careful. Bro, I'm staying strapped outside. Got that pocket knife, got that machete. I got everything. That is crazy. I At the beginning of that story, I thought it was going to go a completely different direction. And I thought she was getting lured there by like a like a serial killer or someone who was trying to attack her. Mm, yeah, I didn't even think And then I was that. like, damn it, we can't even trust all trails anymore. Like that's a new tool of like <laughs> I mean, creepers. That could happen, that's to be true. honest. A new trail. That's and- a crazy concept, actually. I loved, though, how... That's how I thought. I'm generally pretty good at like guessing stories. Mm-hmm. I know. So I know. you brought me into that meadow and you painted the picture. And I was like, I even put the deer there. I like, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, Bambi's here. Like, we're chill. And then when the deer turns on me, I was terrified. Bro, that. I gave you that false sense of security oh, that yeah, everything yeah, was yeah. serene. And it wasn't. It wasn't. She was just chilling there in the meadow with. I just thought you were going to say the deer was looking at her like something over her shoulder or something like yeah. that. I believe the subject line of the story um, was like possible Wendigo sighting, <laughs> which I was excited that she started talking about Skinwalker Ranch because Skinwalkers and Wendigos, not the same thing, but same vein, same vein. Yeah, they They're always like second cousins. Yeah, <laughs> they in the same family tree. That's Whoa, true, dude. That's that's that eerie, bro. <laughs> if I see that. Oh, dude, I wonder, like, that's spooky, dude. You wonder what? Yeah, what? Like, what that other scream was, dude. Oh, yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> um, And why didn't it just, like, you know, kill her while she was there, then go get the other one that screamed? I don't know. Inefficient. I don't know. She One detail I, I failed to mention was... As this thing got closer, she saw its eyes, and they were just black, hmm. black, black, black. And did it have like the face it, of a deer? It still had its antlers, which is terrifying. Yeah, she said the only thing she described was at first it was a deer. Later on, it just turned into some monster. Yo, you've seen the ritual. Like yeah. the monster at the very end. It that's kinda, that's what I thought. That's too. what I was envisioning, minus the little cave in its chest, the weird thing. Or the little thing eyes. coming out of its mouth with yeah, the hands. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Realize, being out in the wilderness and realizing you're not prepared for what's happening, mm-hmm. you just like you, the your stomach falls out of your bottom. You know what I mean? It's like, gosh. Yeah, it's like. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Like, we're not actually scared of being alone out in the woods. What we're really scared about is not being alone and not knowing about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Because like right. you get the story like this, the one from a few episodes ago with those guys that went hammocking out in the Uintas. Mm-hmm. Like you got all kinds of crazy stuff that just goes on. And from all the stories we've heard are the survivors. That's the same fear for uh, thassalophobia. What does that mean? Thassalophobia is the fear of like the ocean. Yeah, have you ever heard of the call of the void? Yes. So, but do tell. <laughs> the call of the void is essentially when you come to a precipice of something you could hurl yourself off. It's that feeling of wanting to throw yourself off of the cliff. So if you've ever been like on an outlook and it's that little voice in the back of your head that says, jump. Or they, that, that sway that you feel right on the edge. And it's not just applicable for like cliffs. It's also like driving it, going 75 on the freeway and you get to a point where there's a median, like the thought that crosses your mind to just swerve into the median. So never let the call of the void. Dude, I didn't like never heed it. Never never heed the call of the void. Though at one point I probably will. Okay. Sean likes to when when we go hiking. <laughs> like, there's a famous hike that people from all over the world come to visit, and it's called Angels Landing, and it's named appropriately. Yeah, people legitimately die every year on it. Mm-hmm. But, at one point, you're on maybe a foot wide path with thousand foot drops on each side, and I'm not. And you have this chain that you're supposed to be holding on to, and mm-hmm. you like wait for people to come if you like waiting for things. But Sean doesn't like <laughs> waiting, so he'll go and sprint up this little path and then stand on the edge just to freak us all out. <laughs> He's like Stuart from Mad TV. He's like, look at me. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even um, pay him attention anymore. <laughs> but there's a hike in Spain that's one of the world's most dangerous hikes. Like, it's literally a cliff. I know what like you're talking a about. A cliff face with like a wooden trail on it that there's like a bunch of switchbacks yep and it's uh it's not like gibraltar no it's uh but it looks like that rock where it's just like a sheer yeah it's that sheer cliff cliff. yeah yeah i want to go do that so bad anyway (laughs) being out in the wilderness there are things known and unknown i i believe there are things unknown out there like for sure oh yeah there's unexplainable things out in the wilderness and lots of Spooky boys. <laughs> Speaking of being out in the wilderness, Ooh. our next story comes to you out of the wilderness near Bryce Canyon. Oh, okay. Okay. Bryce Canyon, remind me. One of the national parks here in Utah. That's south. Yes, yes sir. Yes, yes, yes. Insanely beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's hard to describe what it looks like. It's like valleys and cliffs and canyons with insanely almost impossible looking rock structures. Actually, it's funny. I learned about this the other day. So what happens is it rains down there and during the winter, it will freeze the water that creeps down into the rocks. And when it warms up or no, when it freezes the water that expands and breaks the rock and when it melts, it leaves these impossible columns and stuff like that. It's really wild. So either look on our Instagram or go Google Bryce Canyon. But so this this kid, he's a pretty famous photographer on Instagram. And he was down there alone taking photos. Mm-hmm. 
And so he was staying in a forest, like a forest patrol cabin all by mm-hmm. himself. And Southern Utah is super famous for, you know, a lot of reasons. One of them being the amazing photos you can capture at night of the sky. Right. There's no light pollution. There's no pollution. Mm-hmm. So on clear, good evenings, you can get in like insanely beautiful pictures of the Milky Way. So it's at night. He's in this cabin all out in the middle of nowhere, far away from everything. And he's like, I got I to gotta go get, he, you know, he's a true photographer at heart. I got to go get one of these photos. Right. Gets his gear ready, goes outside. It's really cold. Sets up his tripod and he starts taking photos. As he's standing out in the cold, he flicks through these photos. And he pauses on one. And in the photo, you can see it's the Milky Way just cutting right through the sky. Mm-hmm. He had turned the light on in the back of the cabin so that it would be illuminated. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see like through the cabin and you can see the cabin. Mm-hmm. And in one of the windows no. is a figure. Oh, dude, that's hella scary, bro. So he's way out in the middle of nowhere staring at his camera. And in the photo you can see a figure standing in the window. It's just a neighbor. Bro, he's <laughs> literally out in the middle of nowhere. Just a friendly neighbor. No, no, no. no this is, there's no neighbors out here. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> there are no neighbors. Like, I, I should have mentioned, this is really far out. It's not in a town. It's, he, it's like at an old, rarely used forest park ranger cabin. Mm. And now he has to decide what to do. Not he, go back. He clicks to the next photo. No one's in that window. Clicks to the photo after or before. No one in the window. And he doesn't say it, but to me, this figure looks like it has antlers coming out of its head. So his friend was planning on coming up, I think, the next day mm-hmm. to meet him. All of his gears inside. So after some debating, he decides to just go in and check it out. Goes in the cabin. It's empty. Checks all the rooms. Nothing in there. Lock them doors, boy. So he locks the doors and does his very best, but eventually falls asleep. <laughs> he said nothing else, nothing weird else happened. But he posts the photo. Wait, what? He posted it? Yes. Let me see your phone. Oh, I oh shoot. I don't know why it didn't cross my mind to ask about, like, where's this photo? So I reached out to him and asked him if I could, like, use the photo or have the rights to mention who he is. I haven't heard back from him yet. So um, if we hear back from him, we will repost his photo. Yeah. For now, this is for our eyes. And you guys will just describe it. This was pretty recent then. So I think it happened two years ago in October near Halloween. And he posted it though recently. He posted he posted it again and he said, I posted uh, this last Halloween, but I'm gonna post it again. Freaking A, dude. Whoa. <laughs> Chills just ran through my spine, dude, my entire body. And I feel like that doesn't happen super often. I feel like I've become desensitized to things like this, but isn't that creepy, dude? Yeah, dude. Okay, let me see. I, I, so, I know what you're talking about. I have, that, 
I have that feeling a lot as well where it's like nothing really phases me, but for some reason, this photo is creepy. Show them the before photos. Yeah, before we talk about it, I'm going to show Sean. Fuck. Zoom in, bro. Bro, it looks like there's multiple whatever in there. There's at least two. There's two figures in the window, and to me, I don't know if you agree, it looks like antlers. It does look like antlers, and it actually looks like three to me. Three figures? Yeah. So if you look at this before, there's nothing in that window. Now you have one, two, three, because that wasn't there before either. Ugh. Switch. And they, it's not like they're walking around in the house or something. They're standing right at the window. It looks like they're almost like facing, facing out, of the window. out the window. He said the, the camera was up on a tripod. It wasn't in the grass. He doesn't think it could be a blade of grass or a bug like flying through because when you take night photos, you have to turn the ex exposure time really high. Mm -hmm. So for anything to not be insanely blurry, it has to stay still. Mm -hmm. So it couldn't have been a bug. Yeah, if you know anything about photography and nighttime pics, you know that the, the, the exposure time has to be really long. And Meaning the everything has yeah. to stay still. has to be so still. That's why you put it on a tripod. So it couldn't have been a blade of grass. It would have been way blurry. Like these are like pretty clearly defined lines in the window. It's not a bug that flew by. Isn't that so creepy though? I hate in this before photo. It's so much brighter outside, so you can't you can't tell what's in front of the house barely. But it's definitely behind the window. It look could be like one of those like big cowboy hats. <laughs> Like a 10-gallon hat? Yeah, like those 10-gallon hats. I don't know what people do down there in Bryce Canyon, but... <laughs> I'm sure a, a bit of that goes on. But it definitely looks like three people to me. Isn't or three so creepy, though? figures. I would die. I would freaking... To have the strength to go back in there and sleep, I, I can't comprehend. I don't know. That's a big nope. <laughs> so he found those pictures... When he went back into the cabin no, and no, no. was reviewing when it? When he was no. outside. When he's outside, he was like, I just wanted to see how they were turning out. So he's like, click, 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 and sees the one so of like. did he have his camera set up outside taking pictures and then went back inside and then comes back to check those photos? Like, I don't think so. I think he pressed take and waited okay. 10 okay. seconds and then looked Dude, that's so trippy. Like, obviously, you're looking at the stars. But to not notice when that happens this far away, because it looks like he's about 50 feet away from the house, mm -hmm. 50 yards away from the house at max. I mean, maybe he, maybe, I don't know how long the exposure is. Maybe it's pretty long and he sat down, you know? And yeah, because it is a long exposure. Whatever this is has to have just been standing there. Completely still. Or it caught it in one, two, mo three motions. I don't know, dude. That's trippy, though. That's hella scary to go back in that cabin. But okay, if you want to see this photo, go to Grizz Kid on IG, and it's probably like fifty to sixty posts down. October thirty first, twenty eighteen. Yeah, look at Halloween last year. If you can scroll down that far, find it. Cool. So that's my that story. I love how the first episode was about like mostly about like murderers. 
And then this episode is more into like the supernatural. Cryptids and stuff. Sick. We'd even plan that either. Yeah, no, we did Like we knew we wanted to do Utah episodes and that we had stories to fill two separate episodes. It just came out like this. But mm, I have one more. Let's Does anyone else have some? Go. Please tell. So this story happened to Actually, this story was brought to me by Kevin from episode five, Texas. Kevin's one of our best friends, and he's one of the most, I don't know, personable people I've ever met in my life. Like he will just become one of your good friends in 10 seconds. You know what I mean? So one of his friends, uh, one of Kevin's really good friends was best friends with this kid who this happened to. And this experience caused him to have to be in therapy for many, many, many Kevin's years. friend. Kevin's friend's friend. Friend's friend, okay. Yeah, who wow. this happened to. So um, this experience actually caused Kevin's friend's friend, who this happened to, to have to go to therapy for a lot of years. Yeah. So we're going to go back to when his friend was eight and his sister was six. And they had a neighbor who lived down the street in American Fork, Utah. Mm -hmm. And their neighbor was going out of town and approached this family and asked, would you guys mind watching our our pets while we're out of town? We just have two dogs. All you need to do is just feed them, let them run in the yard twice a day. Mm -hmm. That's it. So the mom thought, awesome. This is a perfect opportunity to teach the kids a little bit of responsibility. This is a job they can handle. Mm -hmm. So... Kids volunteer. They're super stoked. Day one, not a problem. Day two, same thing, not a problem. Mm-hmm. They have to remember to take the key from home, go to the house. They know the code to the garage, go into the garage, unlock the door, feed the dogs, come home. It's not yeah. hard. On the third day, the mom notices they haven't left all day. So around five or six, she asked, hey, have you guys fed the dogs yet? The kids look at her and say, no, we forgot. Okay, well, it's your responsibility. You got to go feed those dogs. They're like, okay. So the boy and his sister walk down the street, and it's getting dark. The street lamps just came on. As they get to the garage, they punch in the code, and the garage door opens slowly, raises up. Mm -hmm. And they walk up to the door of the garage and they realize, dang it, we left the key at home. So they turn around, close the garage, and they start walking up the street back to their house. By this time, it's completely dark. They can see down the street. They can hear the sounds of crickets at night. And a couple lights down, the street light goes out. And when it comes back on, there's a figure standing below it. They can see this ancient old lady standing under this streetlight. And she's facing them. She's like super dirty. She's wearing a very dirty nightgown. And she's staring at them, both of them. And they freeze. As they're staring at her, she reaches into her super dirty nightgown 
and pulls out a huge kitchen knife. No way. She raises it in the air and full energy screams, Hey, kids, I'm going to kill you. Oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. that. Instantly, they scream. Turn, because she's standing in between them them and their their house. house. Only thing that makes sense of their mind, get back to the garage. Right. So they turn and start sprinting. His little sister is bawling. And as they're running towards the garage, they can hear her bare feet slapping on the pavement Mm -hmm. behind him, sprinting. He runs up, punches in the code, which he says he could barely remember under how scared he was. Mm -hmm. And the garage door starts slowly opening. No way, dude. So he tells his sister, get down, crawl in. She crawls into the crack. He gets into the crack. And as he's going into the crack, he can see that she has come like halfway close to them. And she's just knife in the air, sprinting at them. Mm-hmm. Runs to the door, smashes the garage door, and sees it close as her feet reach the garage door, and she slams into the garage. And from the outside, they hear her start smashing the garage door with the knife. Ching, ching, ching. She's like dragging the knife. And they, they are just bawling screaming they're they're clutched clutching each other in the middle of the garage bawling they can't get inside because they forgot the key so they can't call anyone so they hear this woman for like a good 20 30 minutes they hear first she spends all her time at the garage door but then they hear her go around to the side to the door try the side garage door luckily it's locked oh yeah then they hear her drag the knife to the back of the house and they can just hear her smashing and trying to get her way in. Eventually, it goes quiet. But That's these two children worse. are too traumatized. They, they refuse to leave. Luckily, a neighbor had heard the commotion and called the cops. So the cops come. They open up the garage door and they find two mess of children is completely distraught and out of their mind scared. They look at the at the the house and they just see stab marks all around the house. Every oh, door damn. has like gouged out parts in it. And they call their mom. Their mom comes and picks them up. The mom talks to them to find out what's going on and they had been searching for this lady. She had escaped a local mental institution and the dirty nightgown she was wearing was actually like patient what are those called a gown like oh a, like a patient like like a not an inmate but she had patient like a patient gown on yeah the ones with no back i don't know like the hospital oh yeah, yeah. i don't think hospital it was just like anyway she was wearing like a patient gown yeah and so she had escaped and they were looking for her. Holy so they God. do a search of the area and they just find her like out in the wilderness, just out of her mind insane. So well, these, two, damn. these two kids had to go to, to therapy for a long time to get over that. Um, I think they, they said they were just messed up for weeks, like terrified. <laughs> Justified. Oh, yeah. So sometimes That's nuts. 
You know, there's monsters that are unexplained, but other times there are real life monsters that are, that are terrifying. <laughs> when she and terrifying. That imagery is so strong where she's standing in the middle of a street light. Like everybody can see that. She raises her hand above her head and you probably can't even if she's positioned the right way, you probably can't see her face because the light's just on the top of her Casting head. shadows everywhere. Yeah. She raises her hand high in the air with a knife. And, and she, scre- she literally, and it's like almost comedic, but she said, hey, kids, I'm going to kill you. Dude, that sounds crazy. Yeah, like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's hella where, scary. Where did that happen? American Fork. Wow. Is there a mental institution close up there or did it close down? Dude, there's a couple. I don't yeah. know if it's closed down, but there are several. Throughout. Well, there was the one we went to that was down in Springville or Springville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The abandoned one. Mm-hmm. And I know there's one down there in South Provo. Dude, there are crazy people everywhere around here. The, the one in Provo is gone. Is it really? gone now? We tried to go. This is the one where you guys found the Ouija Okay, no, board. no, no. I'm talking about the one where that we one found that herd of deer close to there. Okay. No, there's still definitely a mental institution, and it has the state's most violent offenders there. Over by Seven Peaks? It's right by every college dorms. Dorm. And like, my friend's dad, no, my friend's uncle worked there and said that all of the patients, there's like a, a jogging trail that all the patients can see from their windows. And so he said, all these young BYU girls just go jogging by these most violent offenders' windows, and they can just see them running along Bro, the trail. Bro, I, I have been on that trail and run on that trail. I've been there at night. There's like a stone amphitheater in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've gone there before with friends just to like check it out. There's like a little lagoon <laughs> there, and it's dark, and it's, yeah. The amphitheater almost looks like a castle in some parts. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But. I had a friend whose mom grew up literally right by there. And one time, you know, it was like a common occurrence for them in high school to like sneak on and get close. Yeah. And one time they legit went in and they saw three or four people running around in like the patient robes. Oh my gosh. Because the road coming up to the insane asylum isn't is surrounded by orchards oh left and right and so there's these fields that they would go like dare each other to run through and they were as they were going in they saw like three or four people in like white robes patient robes running and hiding and they were like nope turn around and ran yep gtfo my last story of the night damn you strap with them stories keep them coming though so this last story is actually brought to us by my grandmother. And I never knew this story about them growing up, but I was recently visiting with my, um, my aunt and we were just talking about my aunt loves weird things. Shout out Kathy. She's my favorite aunt. Um, so we were just talking about, you know, all these aliens and spirits and whatnot. Is this, uh, Laura's mother, Laura, Audrey and Seth. Yes. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Laura who came on 3 PM. Uh, the other week. Mm-hmm. It's her mother. Yep. So uh, we're trading stories, just talking. It's like getting late into the night. Um, and she turns to me and she goes, well, you know about when grandma 
had her experience and she said what it was and I looked at her and I was like, uh, no, tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually recently just visited my grandma. This is the one down in Hurricane, close to Leverkin. If you don't know where Hurricane is, it's right by Leverkin. Yes. (laughs) So, uh. Anyway, yeah, I actually recently visited with her and asked her about this experience, so I got to hear from her mouth. So this is first-hand account told second-hand through me. Nice. So my grandma and grandpa, when they were a young couple, they were living in Idaho, but they wanted to move back to Utah. And so they got into this agreement with the person in Salt Lake, and basically the agreement was like, let's trade houses. (laughs) So it was like, you come take this house and we'll go live in your house forever. Like, yeah, like move. I'm going to see the house facts. (laughs) (laughs) So they moved to Utah, back to Utah. They're living in Salt Lake. I believe they opened up a sandwich shop in, in Salt Lake city. But, uh, they met the man and they talked to him to negotiate everything, make sure it was good. And my grandma said he was just kind of off. He was kind of an odd person. He was a doctor. He was really, I think he was wealthy and like decent, mm-hmm. uh, like a good, good living. But there was just something off about him. Anyway, they move in. They set everything up. They have their kids with them, my aunts and my father. And... The guy comes back unannounced to visit and, you know, he kind of just like knocks on the door and they're like, oh, and this is months and months later. They're like, hi, like, uh, what's up? Can we help you? And he's like, oh, you know, just in the area, I wanted to check on everything, make sure everything's good. And they're like, okay, yeah. And so he's like walks through the house basically and then says, you know what? I would really love, I would just love if I could see my roses my grandma's like, oh, okay. And he had these rose bushes in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So they let him into the backyard and he just, he said he, they said he put his hands behind his back and sort of walked around the yard mm-hmm. and he checked on his roses. But it was apparent that there was a lot more than just the roses he was commenting on. He was saying, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move anything over here and make sure you keep these trees and, and, uh, I don't know, just making all these suggestions. Mm -hmm. Since they moved in, they've talked to all these neighbors. Mm -hmm. And at first, they were pretty tight-lipped. They didn't really want to say anything. But after like getting to them, they started telling my grandma a ton of stuff. They said that this man and his wife had had terrible fights that everyone knew about. And the wife was odd. She was off as well, and they had a boy. And ever since, right before they moved, no one has seen the wife or child. So, like, they all think she left him and took the child. So that's or sort that's of, what he wants them to think. That's kind of what he said that she left him. But when my grandparents moved in there was an odd feature in the backyard. Hmm. There was a mound in the backyard that was six feet long, two and a half feet wide. 
And my grandpa even noticed it so much where he thought, huh, I'm going to put the swing set right on top of that mound. So over time, the kids will kick it down. (laughs) So they have this man in their backyard and he's making all these suggestions on what to do and what not to do with the landscaping in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And as my grandma's watching him, she said she thought to herself, I know exactly where this woman's body is. And he left. And my grandma never told the police. What? (laughs) And she said to this day, it's one of her biggest regrets. So no one has found the body. Nope. But it was back in like the 70s. So Mm. people just went missing and people didn't care. And that man is long gone. And here's the thing. He was a doctor. And if you study true crime, so many doctors kill their families and start over. It's a common ass thing. And they are usually sociopathic enough. That's not the right word. But they have doctors have God complexes. They think they're like the, they can give and take life. Yeah, and so I don't know. This story is she can't go like retrace the steps, find the house, find the mound, find bro, the body. My grandma is super old, and there's got to be God county her, records where their names out. were. So that's what I heard this story. My aunt told me that, and I was like, "What? Like what?" Where is the address? Who owned the house? And I start asking all these questions. And she says, back in high school, her and a friend went back to the house. They brought a shovel and they were going to get to the bottom of this. So they get to the house, they go around back and they peek over the fence. And where the mound was is a huge concrete patio. Damn it. And with that patio dies this story. Unless we do some investigating and try to figure this out. (laughs) So I'm going to talk to my grandma. I'll talk to my aunt, see if we can get a name. Obviously, we're not going to tell you that name until there was proof to back it up. But if there's anything, any more to this story, we'll go look it up. We're solving a murder on 3 a.m. adventures next time. You'll never believe what happened. Dude, she she like, when she told me the story, she hung her head low and, and you could tell she's like really shamed. She's like, Damn. I don't know why we just didn't go to the authorities. I don't know. Like Aww. I was a young mom and it was like. That's so sad to have that on your conscience. Yeah. So. Bro, I'm not I know. having that on my conscience. Maybe we can I'm, solve it, bro. Initially, yeah. Like I'm still trying to find Susan Powell too. <laughs> initially, your reaction is just. Why, grandma why wouldn't you tell yeah but i don't know you never knew what the time was like back then and what was going through her head and like i mean she feels like she's wrong and maybe she is but like mm-hmm. what nobody's made mistakes before or something yeah you know so i like i'm not super blaming her mm-hmm. i'm just trying to empathize but yeah i wow. mean and it, and it wasn't just her like f- through her talks a lot of the neighbors suspected that he had something to do with her disappearance. So I don't know. I think it was completely different culture back then. You kind of just like stayed in your lane. Didn't look out for one another. I don't know. You know, you hear those stories about the seventies. It was like people were just doing whatever the hell they wanted. But anyway, yeah. Now we're at the point of no return. Like 
for the most part, you can't do anything unnoticed. It's a lot harder than before. I am determined to find that hike. I'm going to talk to her. You're going to reach out to her? It sounds like the Uintas, like if I'm being honest. That's where it sounds like. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I just did a hike, but I was like feeling Big Cottonwood. Like Big Cottonwood is one of the most haunted places in Utah. Well, okay, what? Yeah, dude. There are, are so many deaths that have happened in Big Cottonwood, mostly car accidents. Where the cars have ended up in the river down in this canyon, but because of the amount of deaths in Big Cottonwood, it's supposedly haunted by those who have died. Not necessarily in a bad way, but they're there. They're there. Man, Big Cottonwood is arguably one of the most beautiful places in Utah. So, wow. I'm not even fronting, I'm not even lying. My wife and I did a night drive up Big Cottonwood last night. did you see anything we started at like four yeah and it's getting later in the year so i mean like a month ago it was light outside till 9 30 yeah now it's starting to like get less light at six yeah so uh, my bad it wasn't four we left the house at six and it was like it was like day outside sunset is like 7 15 now but when we got to the top of the mountain the drive it was pitch black and actually, we went near Donut Falls. Okay, yeah, yeah. We drove that road all the way up to the parking lot of Donut Falls that I've never, like, been to. Yeah, because it's always covered in it's always, snow. <laughs> yep. And it was eerie, bro. It was weird. There was, like, no one out there. Yeah. I didn't see any ghosts. that it's uh, yeah. haunted. She hiked Donut Falls alone today. Oh, I mean, it was during the day. She chill. <laughs> anyway, this has been fun. I really like doing Utah episodes. Um, we're going to have to go do a little bit more digging and maybe bring a part three. Who knows? We need a trilogy. Utah's a fascinating place. I can say that I've, I've had a good time in yeah, Utah. Me too. There's so many good things here. I know we just shared a bunch of the scary stuff <laughs> that's happened here in Utah. Utah. It happens everywhere, but uh, we, we just wanted to uh, do it because we've lived here. So this has been our home for a good little while of our lives. So. Wait, I think we would all be pretty upset if we didn't talk about one of the biggest urban legends of uh, Provo. The Provo Groper? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking of. What are you talking about? Dude, the infamous. This entity walks from door to door. Oh, You might know him as. B money. <laughs> I was gonna say B money or the dude selling tamales. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> in like the span of five years, living in four different places, the dude, same tamale dude, same dude coming in different parts of like across the town. I've bought Beyond tamales from real grind. Yeah, I've bought them from him. Oh yeah, they're good. Sometimes he comes at the most opportune times where you're like, "Damn, I'm hungry. I can't have <laughs> my ninth trap plate house? of ramen." And he doesn't speak a ton of English, which is great. He'll like knock on the door, and for some reason, just his like his oh, his knock, I just know it just <laughs> has some spice in it. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> and I open he's the door, knock right there. and he opens up his grocery plastic bag, and he's like, "Quieres tamales? Tamales?" <laughs> <laughs> and, at the beginning, I was like, bro, I don't have cash. I'm sorry. But now he's like, uh, 
I have uh, Venmo. Yeah. I have Tengo uh, Venmo way. Square. <laughs> we can swipe Dang. your card. Dude, this this man. Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. This dude is evolving. The <laughs> yeah. Anyway, B Money, Provo rapper, walks from door to door trying to slang his mixtape. Um, he's kind of a legend. I, it was kind of a joke, but one of my favorite B Money stories is uh, you can buy one T-shirt for twenty dollars, or he'll give you a deal and you can get two T-shirts for fifty. Remember, <laughs> keep an eye out for those hot deals. <laughs> anyway, shouts out B Money. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry I had to do that. Well, maybe we'll come back with some more Utah stories next time for a part three. I am not gonna lie. I have a couple more. Yeah, I could I could get some more as well because you know I got to talk to my friends that grew up in uh, Vernal. Vernal. Mm-hmm. I have some as well, so I don't know, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But maybe there is a hundred percent chance that it might happen. Sixty <laughs> percent of the time, it works every time. It works every time. <laughs> so, uh, thanks everybody. We hope you're having fun this month. October is really fun for us. We hope you're having a lot of fun this month. We okay. sure are. Yeah, Getting we spooky. We are. Next For time sure. you see a deer out there, just say no. Just make sure it doesn't stand up and chase your ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have any stories from this month, go ask yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Send them over, please. Three a.m. Podcast stories at gmail.com or DM them to us on Instagram. 3 a.m. pod. We even had somebody record a voice memo. That was really cool. Oh, yeah. um, whatever you want to do, carry your pigeon, send it over. Hells yeah. Yeah, guys, uh, stay safe. Uh, trust your gut, watch your back. Bye, love you, be safe. And thanks for listening. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 